0: welcome to the outpost church podcast here's our message from our recent sunday gathering we hope you're encouraged there is something on it for us to seek after him and to to magnify to choose to focus in and you magnify stuff Because you want more detail, you want more information than what you've got from a casual glance, and he's, yes, 100% worthy of our attention and our focus, and worthy getting to know in full and completion. That's my prayer for myself, is that he'll be magnified for me, but also as we sang in that song, magnified in me, and in a practical sense, like to, to magnify Jesus, Jesus told his disciples that it is better for you that I leave. It's to your advantage that I leave. Which sounds really strange. Jesus is with them. You're better off without me. The only reason that they were better off without him was because the Holy Spirit was coming. And it is even as amazing as it is to have Jesus right there, it is better to have the Holy Spirit in you than have Jesus next to you. That's why it is better. And everybody has access to the Holy Spirit at the same time, which is a pretty amazing reality. But also, um, the reality of all of us actually reflecting Jesus in our lives, that is a magnification of Jesus. Jesus on earth was in one place at any given time. We spread out. And the more people that are reflecting Jesus and living lives worthy of the Lord, the more he's magnified, just in a very practical sense. I loved um, Green Team um, back in the day. I haven't been involved in it for a long time now. But one thing I really appreciated about it was that the schoolies knew that the Green Team were Christians. Most people knew that they they were Christians. And... At the end of the, what used to be the week, and more recently has been the weekend, at the end of that time of the Schoolies Festival, they might remember a couple of names of the green team. They'll remember a few more faces, but the biggest thing would be this big sea of green, these volunteers. And that is where the power is. Not in remembering one or two names or a few more faces, but it's this big group that are all representing the one person in Jesus. He is most magnified in us when we're not wanting any of the glory for ourselves. If we're just able to reflect him and have, you know, what's that quote that I, I should know that would fit really well right now? Um, way better than this, but it's amazing what can be done when you don't care who gets the credit. Does anyone know know the actual quote that I'm trying to get at? No. Anyway. um, We are willing to do so many more things if we're not worried about getting the credit. We're not worried about how we come off looking in a particular scenario and we just want to serve, just want to love people. It's amazing. Uh, what can happen as a result? All right, we are looking in Colossians um, chapter 1 and starting from verse 15. And this is all about magnifying Jesus. We're going to magnify him. We need to know who he is. And it's an interesting thing and a shift from uh, early church to now. Early church, there was definitely debate on both sides. Was Jesus really God? Was Jesus really a man. Um, but generally speaking, it was harder to deny the humanity of Jesus at the time that he lived. Whereas now, certainly amongst Christians, we tend to focus and it's easier to highlight that he was God. And we lose sight of the fact that he was also a man. Whereas obviously for those that don't believe that Jesus is actually who we believe he is it's not an issue at all but still for us as christians even though it can be easier for us to acknowledge his divinity it is so important for us to dive deep into it so that we are aware just who he is because there's also this tendency for us to just think of jesus as our friend and this good buddy of ours we get on really well me and him i've told him a few things taught him a little bit he's really lucky to have me on board you know and while we, it sounds ridiculous to say those things, it's the sort of stuff that can creep into our understanding and our thinking if we're not careful. And so coming back to a passage like this that just makes it really clear who he is in all his glory and magnificence, we just want to keep doing this. I was reflecting to Josh before that this is a bit of a unique passage for me. So Colossians chapter 1 um, was a chapter that I committed to memory about 20 years ago. Um, and then we looked at Colossians as a church a few years ago, um, and I committed this part to memory again then. And I've just recommitted it to memory again recently. But I know, I just keep forgetting. <laughs> Originally, it was the NIV. Now it's the CSB. But yes, I do forget things. It is so worth our time. And we have this issue in our society where we think because we have some familiarity with something that we know it. But the Bible knows nothing of something as a concept. It has to be expressed. We can't just have this awareness of something and think that we know it. And even for me as someone who has committed this to memory at different times throughout my life there is so much in here for me to learn from and come to understand and I want us to to dive deep and to not just go through the motions of looking at this, yeah I know that, I know that verse 15 says he is the image of the invisible God God is no longer invisible because of jesus it is a remarkable thought and one that is pretty familiar to us but it is still an amazing reality god is no longer invisible because of jesus in hebrews we are told that the sun is the radiance of god's glory and the exact representation of his nature John chapter 1 says, No one has ever seen God. The one and only Son, who is himself God, and is at the Father's side, he has revealed him. It's not a big um, concept leak to understand that if God didn't want to reveal himself, he wouldn't have to. If it was a game of hide and seek, and God wanted to hide himself... We ain't never finding him. It is because he chose to reveal himself to us that we know who he is and he has done that in Jesus. And I am in the process of um, going through the Old Testament at the moment um, and I encourage you to do the same. I think it's great to go through the Old Testament but let's focus on the New Testament and let's focus on Jesus. We can't get sidetracked anything else other than Jesus as front and center. Jesus in first place. He has first place over everything. And the goal for me, I think the goal for all of us, is to have Jesus as first place in our lives. And one of the the great challenges of life is, what does that look like? When you own three gyms, how do you have Jesus as first place in everything? When you study soil, how do you have Jesus as first place in everything? What does it look like? I remember teaching up in Darwin in a Lutheran school and teaching Christian studies, teaching, and we had uh, devotion times. But the challenge that, sometimes I relished it and sometimes I just hated it, but it was this, this challenge of how do you do this as a Christian? How do you... Conduct yourself? How do you set up an environment so that it is a a Christian environment? How do we actually teach maths and English um, in a Christian way? And in all of our lives, how do we have Jesus in first place? I remember the student David, who I taught when I was up in Darwin, um, and he was pretty bright. Uh, was David. And so I got a big shock this one day when he came up to me. The context was that we had a chess champion who was there and he's just, um, just told us the, the rules of chess and how it all works. Um, and he's a guy that had played grandmasters in chess. He wasn't a grandmaster himself, but he'd actually played chess against some of these big guys. And he was explaining how long these games of chess would go and saying that you couldn't take any breaks during a game of chess. So you couldn't go off and eat something. You couldn't even go to the toilet. And he's talking about how long these games would go for, just hour after hour, and putting it into context of the school day. Anyway, the kids have been given a bit of time to go and play some chess. And David comes up to me and he looks a bit alarmed um, and he's like, I wet my pants. And I looked at him and I was like, there's no evidence of him wetting his pants. And so I was like, oh, you'd be right, you know, off to the bathroom. Um, but then as he was leaving to go to the bathroom, I saw the evidence. <laughs> And then when I looked back at where he'd been sitting on the carpet, I saw the evidence. Um, his biggest takeaway from the whole explanation was he you can't go to the toilet when you're playing chess. And so he tried to hold it <laughs> unsuccessfully. I remember telling his mum, and she's like, he's such a stickler for the rules. But one thing I can tell you about David is that he heard something And then he put it into practice straight away. He's like, (laughs) I'm applying this to my life. I'm like, amen, David. Amen. My hope for myself and for each of us is not that we would wet our pants, but is that we would actually put things into practice and not just have the theory of something out there, but how do I actually apply this to my life? So we're going to do a little bit of time looking at this together and we're going to have some time in twos and threes. Doing our discovery bible method in this passage and just diving deep and then you're answering those big questions like what's god saying to you in this what are you going to do about it and who are you going to tell so i'm excited for us to get into that he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation the concept of firstborn doesn't mean anything to us today compared to what it did back then the rights of a firstborn son were that they were the one that got the inheritance. He is the one who has this privileged place over all creation. It's not saying that he was created, the first one created. He is the firstborn. He is first place over everything, over all creation. Why does he have first place over all creation? For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. It doesn't matter if you can see it, if you can't see it, he made it. He made everything. That's the first big thing. This is why he has first place in everything, because he made everything. This is the contentious verse for Jehovah's Witnesses and others that would deny the divinity of Christ, and they would look at the firstborn, but miss the context of the whole thing. It is Jesus who made everything. So he didn't make himself. If you make everything, you can't start with yourself. He made everything. Whether it's visible, whether it's invisible, whether it's divisible, indivisible, he made it all, every last bit. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So even things in our authority, rulership sort of sense, were created through him and for him. One thing I found helpful that I heard a couple of years ago was just in terms of the kingdom of God, our task is to bring anything that we have authority over that's part of our kingdom and we submit it to his kingdom. That's our task. And that is what everyone is supposed to do. Everyone that has authority over anything else should submit that to God because everyone is going to be answerable to Him on Judgment Day. And so the more things that we have authority over, the more that we have to answer for. Everything will answer to Him because it was all made by Him, through Him and for Him. He is the goal of everything. Verse 17, he is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is the sustainer of everything. We talk about sustainability a lot in a lot of different parts of our society. He is the sustainer of everything. He holds it all together. He didn't just set and forget. He created everything, and he sustains everything. Everything Going back to that same verse from Hebrews, tells us that same thing. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. He made it, has authority over it because he made it, but also has authority over it because he sustains it. Verse 18, he is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn, there's that word again, the firstborn from the dead. Why? So that he might come to have first place in everything. He wasn't the first person in history to be raised from the dead, but he is the first in everything. He has first place in everything. It is because he has been resurrected that we have hope, a future hope of our resurrection, and we will live forever with him. And that is a beautiful hope, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Verse 19, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. The Father was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in the Son. Jesus speaks about the Father and says, the Father is greater than I. The Son, the, um, here, the Father is pleased to have all his fullness dwell in the Son. Father, Son, and Spirit love to glorify one another. They have done it right throughout all eternity and they will continue to do it for all eternity. They delight in one another. It is the perfection of peace, the perfection of joy father son spirit there is no community that comes even close to comparing to father son spirit and we know what god is like because of jesus this is what i started to get at before when i said there's value in the old testament there's value in us going back over that but the best study is the study of jesus Let's get to know him. And the better we get to know Jesus, the more sense we make of the Old Testament, the more sense we make of difficult passages in the Old Testament as well as difficult passages in the New Testament. It all needs to be filtered through the lens of Jesus. It's him. He is Lord over everything, first place in everything. We know what God is like because of Jesus. So not only was God pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, But he's also pleased through him to reconcile everything to himself whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross at great personal cost he reconciles everything so if you're keeping track with this jesus has first place in everything because he made everything he sustains everything and he has reconciled everything. That's quite the resume. He's done a lot of things. And he's done all things well. And he is to be praised forever. He is worthy of our focused attention. Psalm 27 verse 4 says, I have asked one thing of the Lord. It is what I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. If you try and picture this, there's sometimes there's some artwork where people have taken scriptural concepts and they've made an artwork out of it that look really good, but there's other ones that just don't really work. I don't know how you could um, make this one really fit the essence um, of what is being communicated. But we can follow along with David where he says, One thing I've asked of the Lord, this is what I seek, is to dwell in his house forever, gazing on his beauty and seeking him in his temple. He's worthy of our focused attention. He's worthy of us wrestling with what it looks like in those different parts of life. We have had a meal as part of what we've done right throughout the history of this church. And it's a simple thing to have a meal. It's great for community. But it's also something that we can do that's normal and everyday. And we want to do it in the Spirit. We want to do it with Jesus as king Jesus in first place because I think it's easy as Christians to get in the hang of what it looks like to be a Christian in a worship gathering get the hang of what it looks like to be a Christian in a midweek meeting like a prayer meeting or a bible study group but what does it look like to be a Christian at the dinner table what does it look like to be a Christian in your workplace in your family we want to push into these spaces and we don't want it to be just theory. We want to grow in our theory, but we want to grow in our practice even more. So we're going to pray um, and then we'll have a chance to dive into this together. So Father, we ask that you would illuminate your word to us. We ask that these would not just be words on a page, but this would be life as we seek to live out the reality of Jesus having first place. You've earned it. We can't deny that. You have earned it. You made everything. You sustain everything. You have reconciled everything. You've done all things well. I ask that it would be true of each one of us that you take your rightful place in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.